Hello and welcome, dear listener, to another episode of the Worldcraft Club podcast, a podcast all about developing powerful, immersive settings that will draw your audiences back time and time again. Today, we are diving directly into cultures. We're going to be talking about how to build different societies within your world that feel immersive and real and present and three-dimensional. We want to dive into this because it is crazy important. It's one of the first things that your visitants notice when they come into a world. But before we dive in properly, I've got a little bit of housekeeping to arrange. You may have noticed some changes to our social media platforms this August, and that is because we rest hard in August. The Warcraft Club takes a sabbatical and we all kind of switch off our phones and devices for a little while and we put our feet up for a bit. So what we've done is we've asked some of our friends, some of the folks that we've met along the way here to kind of do a bit of a social media takeover. So each of our different folks that we've met, four of them to be precise over the time, are dropping in and just kind of putting some of their best world building content out into our social media space to give you guys a chance to take a look at it and to give them a follow, listen up to the episodes where they turn up and just kind of enjoy some of the work these folks do. We're really crazy about all the people that help us out. So we decided to use our August sabbatical in that way while me, Marcus and Seth put our feet up and just take a nice rest. Now, speaking of Marcus, how you doing, Marcus? Hey, how are you? I I'm doing fine. I know that sounded like I just asked myself the same question and answered it. It does, yeah. Question talker. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> He's one of them. No, it's really nice. I am digging all this in-person recording. Yeah. Because like I am not seeing you through a screen like we used to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Months ago, I am across a table. Yeah, it's very immersive. Like yes. I, it, it feels like you're really here. <laughs> like I it's know, amazing. Like, it's got a 3D effect. I feel like I'm you're just within arm's reach. Yeah, I know. It's like you could reach out and touch me. It's yeah. amazing. Or play with your controls. Or... <laughs> yeah, don't touch my controls. <laughs> but yeah, so we're doing another in-person episode, which we're really excited about. It's taken us a while to kind of get together the recording equipment for it, to spend some time researching and getting it. We want to thank our dear patrons for making this possible, that we were able to get a hold of this great gear that allows us to kind of do these in-person recordings and get to see each other face to face. Yeah, so, thank you guys. Yeah. So that's rad. So. Marcus, like, give us a breakdown here. What's a good kind of working definition for cultures if we want to include cultures in our world building? Yeah. So I look through, like, definitions, Mm. uh, and they seem, like, very wordy because there's a lot that basically falls under the culture umbrella. Yeah. Yeah. There is a lot of wordy stuff to just kind of describe the way of life for an entire society. Yeah. I try to condense it, not just to that, because I pulled that quote for somewhere. So my definition, basically, I would say culture is a collection Mm. of behaviors and achievements that a group of people practice and hold as their social identity. Yeah, yeah. Now, behaviors, I specifically pick those two words, behaviors and achievements. Yeah. Because... Like I said, there's a lot of words that go into culture. So behaviors basically covers mannerisms, customs, and social interactions, yeah, et cetera. And achievements kind of covers, you know, art, industry, history yeah. of that culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And basically, you know, whenever you, whenever there's an ethnicity, like if it's like the, this month for this ethnicity or this special day. Yeah. You know, whether it's like Black History Month or like the Day of the Dead or Cinco de Mayo, you know? Yeah. 
and you know you start to see the picture like the commercials like oh this is what makes us us yeah yeah and it's not usually all contemporary stuff it'll be stuff from their history and everything but even not just ethnicity but like Mm. regions you know like there's a whole texas culture you know an attitude yeah there's a whole socal culture yeah new york culture oh for Um, sure even musically when you do like east coast and west coast rap you know oh yeah uh yeah yeah, yeah, there are differences (laughs) no there's not (laughs) (laughs) they're the same no (laughs) gonna start so many fights um but yeah Yeah, there's a lot to it, isn't it? Because when you talk about culture, you can really find a little bit of everything in there. Like I was actually, you know, kind of pulling some cultural elements out of my butt the other night and like Mm -hmm. trying to think about all the different things that fit there. We could easily do an episode on language because language plays a huge part of our culture. It's kind of shapes the way that we view things in a lot of ways. Uh, Religion fits really comfortably within that like talking about some of the uh, even some of the holidays you mentioned have religious overtones to them or spiritual ones and you know it you can pull a lot out of it and we could actually do several different episodes but what we've chosen to do is culture as the whole enchilada right like it's it's the big boy it's got everything in it a more generalized view of culture and its development yeah because we really acutely feel it when we're in world building settings, when they can bring home the very earthy identity of a culture, the kind of five senses, you know, you can kind Mm -hmm. of get a feel for them, especially, I mean, we had a whole episode about food and that, and that lent into culture pretty strongly as well. And there is something magical about it and it's important for a setting and it brings home the fictionness of your setting as well. The alienness Mm -hmm. of it when you can start to bring that in. Yeah, alienness in a very positive sense. Yeah, very yeah, 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 sense, yeah, like yeah. Said, Whimsical, that's what I wanted to yeah. say. As your, you know, your visitant is going into a new... They're uh, visiting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> isn't, yeah, going to a new region, new new city, new country. Mm. Uh, yeah. it's, it's about character, like in some ways. It's the character yeah. of a setting can yeah, really be done by culture. People. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's fascinating because you can, you, can you can tie a lot in there, but I think really like when we're making one, right, First thing we kind of talked about is we're like, hey, culture, our first point here, it's really big. It's Mm -hmm. huge. It encompasses language, food, religion, like so many different things. But really the first question we want to ask, because we're the World Craft Club and this is what Mm -hmm. we do. We're trying to distill this down and Mm -hmm. trying to help people get to the essence of it. I think maybe the first and best question, why are you putting this culture in your setting? What is the purpose of this culture in, in the world you're creating? Because I I think one of the things we do in this podcast is we kind of create a visitant-centric world-building mentality, right? Like, we are focused on the people that are coming in and seeing your world. And so what we're really concerned with is how the world interplays with your story. We're concerned with how your visitant comes in and sees it and understands it. And so, like, we often do things from like a purpose-built perspective. Yeah. We're kind of wondering where that comes a little, from. A little, a little meta like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you have to be a little bit. It's because mm-hmm. like you are writing something. And I think with something as big as culture, the temptation to kind of world-build by osmosis is pretty big. You know, it's kind of like, okay, what do they eat? And you sit down, you write down all the recipes, and, you know, you write a cookbook for them. <laughs> and then you go, okay, how do they talk? And you write a whole language. And then, oh, you know, yeah. you're like, oh, well, what's their religion? And it's like, well, that's easy. You could get lost in it. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So I think... I think it's neat to start with that. So as a bit of a thought experiment, 
there's a project that I'm working on. We're trying to build a race for it, essentially, okay. a, a culture. And I, I thought maybe as we went through this episode a little bit, we could kind of build upon that okay. and kind of develop it a little bit and workshop it yeah. to kind of give an example of how cultures come together. So make it a point of reference through this conversation. Yeah, yeah. Something we can call back to. So yeah. like, okay. Here's the deal. We wanted to make uh, cybernetic Vikings, right? Okay. Like that's that's, that's the basic cool. idea. That's yeah, cool. yeah. I thought it was kind of neat, right? <laughs> you know, he's got a big axe and a robot arm to wield it. Oh, yeah. And uh, we, we wanted to kind of make them a bit like piracy oriented. And okay. one of the big kind of deals with them is that a theme in the project we're doing is sort of synergy, right? The moment at which AI and organic life kind of become one to some degree okay. so like they dealt with this a lot in like mass effect like yeah. that was the whole in fact that was the entire story of yeah, mass effect yeah. was synthetic life and organic life and kind of coming together mm -hmm. so we liked this idea and we wanted to kind of have it where these cybernetic vikings had an ai alongside them that was present in their cybernetic like you know but systems okay and was kind of like alongside them for the ride Okay, so like basically a Cortana, but for the people. Yeah, like everybody's got one. Yeah, okay. Right? And so we kind of wanted to play around with that idea. And I thought with that as sort of a fairy cake, like an idea about the role we sort of want them to play in our setting, the sort of questions we might want them to raise in our visitants. So, you know, asking, well, where does my flesh end and my mind begin? Where does, you know, it's, okay. it's uh, what kind of a pairing might an AI and a human make in terms of just like their friendship? How would it be affected? In their mannerisms and... Yeah. Yeah. How would they be different? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm getting ideas. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of like a story about interactions of culture. So giving that as a fairy cake and saying we want to play this role of raising questions about, I think it's called the synergy, right? Is it where... Synthesis. Is yeah. it? Yeah, there you go. No, yeah. it's maybe another no, word. No, no, no. It's, synthesis? it's the same it's the same word yeah. you said. It's yeah. just different different not, potential not like, tenses, but yeah. different versions of the same word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think uh, like an event would be called the The synthesis or the something. Synthesis, I, it, yeah. And it is it is causing synergy. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think that's the more more pronounced. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. So the the, the idea about when 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 kind of synthetic and organic life kind mm -hmm. of become one and where the lines blur between them. So the idea would be is like, you know, I'm sort of attached to my cell phone, you know, all the time people have like synthetic limbs to some extent now, like we're starting to get a lot better at neural interfaces mm -hmm. and things like that. And the question is is like is that your real arm or is that a robot arm? And it's like, well, it's real to me. <laughs> you know, it's oh, like it's that time. kind of thing. Yeah, oh my gosh, yeah, crazy time. But I guess that's where I really wanted to start with like okay, this idea okay. of just like here's this thing first establish your purpose decide what you want the yeah. role of them to be and then you can move on from there you know yeah. and 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 establishing the role the purpose of this culture you to people that have heard our cities episode yeah we kind of came up with a similar idea yeah where you yeah. start your cities where the city's kind of industry and infrastructure yeah built around a goal is built around a goal but also built around what is around them yeah you know if it is a port yeah, city yeah if they have high altitude if mm -hmm. they're in the mountains yeah uh, depending on what kind of surrounding what resources are available much the same to a culture yeah Ooh. a culture that is developed in the tropics yeah is going to be different than a culture that is in the desert even yeah. though they're both hot you know yeah yeah uh, yeah 
So like a dry heat. <laughs> yeah. So you can first think about like what what they do to survive. If if you were thinking of if we go back to the Vikings, if yeah, they were a yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. pirating or or just plain old, you know, Viking esque, you know, going in and settling <laughs> Vikings. somewhere. Yeah. Um if they're I guess that's another thing, if they have a home base or they're like more nomadic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Space space Vikings. Um, yeah. I assume they were in space. You said cybernetic, well, actually. This setting is, it's on Mars. Okay. And if okay. you were water Mars, the Northern Hemisphere would be water, essentially. Okay, yeah. So, which is just kind of a weird thing. So we have this enormous open sea, probably with a polar ice cap at the top, in which cybernetic Vikings dwell, is the idea behind it. So yeah. they would be terrestrial in terms of like, yeah. they're not necessarily spacefaring. So they would actually be sailing ships yeah. in yeah. the sea. Yeah. yeah. In, in the Sea of the Void. <laughs> yeah 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 you could definitely you could definitely do that like you you did said like you know if, if you if you um uh, added water and uh basically made mars ha- you know a little habitable. more habitable, yeah, habitable, yeah yeah habitable, yeah, yeah. Habitable, then there would be oceans for it to see i'm still yeah. I, I don't know why i'm stuck you just got the space, space vikings i mean yeah. it's, the space vikings are pretty <laughs> rad though. yeah yeah okay okay so you're, you're thinking of the story just be mostly being on the narrative just being on this uh terraformed i was yeah yeah I, kind I of a terraformed a terraformed, terraformed mars. mars yeah okay so yeah, no, uh, if, if, depending on where the terraforming is, uh, again, back to like what's around you, if the resources are scarce, yeah, uh, and if also if people are, if there's like a land rush to Mars, mm. it would be, and Vikings will be Vikings, if that's in your, your plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they would have to gather what they could, but also steal what they could, take what they could from other colonies that are coming to Mars to start a new life. Yeah, uh, yeah. Basically, as aggressive as that sounds. So, like, raiding culture, yeah, essentially. exactly. Then you would have to, like, okay, well, these people have to be built and have to have the equipment to do that on a regular basis. Yeah. You know, more yeah. or less. So, like, arms and armament might mm-hmm. be a strong form in their yeah, culture. Prowess in battle. And from that, then you can start picking away at their culture. If they are a raiding, then this whole mentality of you take what you can and never give it back. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That they would instill in their children when they play in the streets, you know? Yeah. And see, then you're starting to think of what their survival, basically, like with cities like, uh, uh, or not just our cities episode, but I think... Uh, in passing, I heard basic. Oh, what's the term? Progress is based on necessity. Mm. So I think a way to develop your culture would be something similar, because I think yeah. culture is yeah. a byproduct of progress, which yeah. is rooted in necessity. Yeah. No, I like that, and it's it, it's interesting as well because what, one thing that I like that you're doing is that you're starting out with a premise, an idea. And that idea is significant, possibly, you know, to, to your story or, or something you want to convey in your world. You're essentially questioning into it, right? Like there's always another question and each one you can kind of work through an answer for and it will always lead to another question, right? Like this could yeah. be, it, it's questions all the way down yeah. effectively, like you could go forever. But like these are, I, I believe that this is the essence of how you add depth to anything in world building. So like, mm. I think it's purpose first. Yeah. And then you flesh it out by adding questions. I heard this very good analogy on our Discord server. Um, we, we talk a lot about world building and a lot of fodder for mm-hmm. episodes comes out of that. So Every definitely, day. yeah, come yeah. join come join us on the Discord server. We're having tons of fun there. Oh, yeah. But the thing about it is that like you, 
this person had this idea. They were talking about Aquaman, right? Okay. Somebody said, is Aquaman good world building? Right? Like, was the like, question. Like, the movie? Yeah. Yeah, the, the movie. The Jason Momoa movie? Yeah. Oh, shoot. Dude, it's okay. I so, still haven't seen it, so I'm going to be like... <laughs> Well, I'm not going to spoil anything for you. Okay. But essentially, there is a cross section of people who want to see good world building, and mm-hmm. there's a cross section of people who want to see a shark laser cavalry charge. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I am in the latter camp. Like, I'm completely fine oh, yeah. with Atlanteans riding sharks into battle and shooting lasers. <laughs> like, I'm I'm good with it. Like, I'll just take that. But like, there's there's a sense that they they, they were talking about it, and they actually were the a number of distinct cultures under under sea and they had these these the kind of like crab sort of people and they had all these different like races okay. that were kind of existent under the water and it was actually it was, it was pretty cool like it yeah. was kind of a neat idea but somebody had basically done this is is they applied world building as a principle of sound engineering oh, you have it in yeah. mono stereo and full dolby <laughs> like oh. surround right oh, okay we know my mind went oh you went mind went somewhere. yeah i thought well, you were like it's underwater and sound travels oh, no, no, no. further i thought that's where it's like <laughs> that could be an interesting one altogether in languages yeah. but so like this idea was basically like you have this concept so you're saying the mono stereo is like levels of depth yeah 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 building. okay And your sense of immersion is built with it, right? So, like, when you can hear the T-Rex coming at you from behind, it's different than when you hear it from in front. And it's even more different than when you just hear it from the TV in one position in front of you. So, So mono, stereo, Dolby, right? So, like, the idea was this guy effectively promoted what we've maybe struggled to put words to in the past. But, like, we've always talked about fairy cake. And I still stand behind it, right? Like, fairy cake is an idea of establishing the purpose behind what you're building first. Mm -hmm. and then building off that right everything extrapolated out of that yeah it's like the the first thing is narrative content like it has to go where you're going Mm -hmm. or contrast it right yeah it can subvert as well but it has Mm -hmm. to be related to what you're doing yeah whether that is opposing it or in concert with it but then beyond that the way you go from at least mono to stereo to dolby is you start asking questions exactly like Marcus is doing. Suppose this is a rating culture. You know, it's like mm-hmm. way like they would have to, they would be, you know, pretty militarized from like a young age. How would they raise their kids? You know, and it's kind of mm-hmm. like, oh, that's interesting. They might have a very survival of the fittest mentality because mm-hmm. people like to believe they're right. This is like one thing about cultures is like fish don't know they're wet. Right? (laughs) Like they don't, they're just in it. That's how culture is. You don't know that you're doing it. So like a a good example is this, a British person. And because I'm a bit odd, I'm, I sound American. I'm from Britain. I moved around a lot as a kid. And I never realized this about British people until I moved to America and had Americans to contrast against and learn this. All right. So fish don't know they're wet. I didn't know I was doing this. When a British person says, would you like a cup of tea? The polite response is, no, thanks. I don't want to be a bother. Then the British host and you're the guest, then responds, oh, come on, would you like a cup of tea? To which you then respond, no, thank you. I I really wouldn't want to cause a bother. And then a last one, a last request is made where the host says, I'm making one anyway. And then the guest says, go on then. (laughs) You know what? Twist my arm. The truth is, is that the guest wants the tea from the beginning. It's just impolite to be a burden. Okay. I think something similar in... Is a Japanese culture? Mm-hmm. Is something like thing like the the rule of threes, like 
Oh, wild. Yeah, yeah like, like it's polite to deny something three times, yeah. even though you want it. Yeah. And the host will, you know, keep offering it until after the third well, time. And then you say, okay. That's the it, thing is I yeah. moved to America and nobody gave me tea because I oh, kept yeah. saying no. <laughs> like, and <laughs> I was just like, okay. Yeah, exactly. I'm fine. <laughs> and the thing is, again, it's this thing with culture is that like fish don't know they're wet. I didn't know that I was, I didn't see it. Right. And like I've talked to other British people and, you know, experiences may vary. Right. Like there are many shades of British people out there and mm-hmm. lots of different kinds of folks all over the country. There are many different cultures in Britain. But where I came from and I've spoken to others who were raised in similar environments who went, holy crap, you're right. And it's like <laughs> it's kind of like just an upsetting thing to realize because you don't know you're really doing it. It's so like, like a reflex. Yeah, and and the place to go to find out more about this is is comedians. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like comedians rip on this stuff all the time. They'll talk about the relationships between men and women and the common cultural stereotypes that come with that, and say like, you know, oh, this is how these people act under these conditions. And mm-hmm. you go, oh my gosh, you're right. That's hilarious. You know what I mean? Like that's how that works. When we're talking about asking questions of why, we don't often ask these questions internally. They they only come when you see somebody else's culture, which is. A really good question here is what happens when these cultures collide, yeah. right? No, I think because that's, that's part of the magic with a culture, especially if you assume your visitant is from a particular culture. Yeah. Uh, and then you show them something radically different. Now, there's, there's also a cool thing that you had mentioned previously on the purpose, whether it can go with or go or subvert. Yeah, yeah. Because you can make a, a great culture and see like, hey, you know, and you can use that culture to kind of uh, 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 accentuate an idea. You yeah, know, like, yeah. This is how things could look like if, you know, X, Y, and Z happened. Yeah, it's, a good, it's a good room you know, for thought experiments. Yeah, you yeah. Know, or, or, or kind of like a what if, you know, what yeah. if, you know, these people lived underwater the whole time and they're yeah, in airtight yeah confines like if you're living in tight spaces so that their sense of uh interpersonal space would be like minimal right like they they'd talk at you like right up in your grill and you'd be like please give me room yeah (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. because they're used to it tight cramped spaces right and you can do that or you can subvert it or even exaggerate it to highlight something from the visitant's culture yeah you know i think there was like the uh, Hitchhiker's Guide yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah, They got on that planet that, like, thinking was illegal, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Or you weren't allowed to think. And if you did, a hand out of nowhere comes and smacks you. Every time you have an idea. Yeah, every yeah, time you had an idea. You. Yeah. And, you know, everybody's like, stop. Stop thinking. No ideas, no schemes, no, you know, whatever. <laughs> and then pause, and they all three get slapped because <laughs> it's like... <laughs> not impossible so they're just like running to shelter basically yeah yeah and then once they get into city and the, you see the the people that are subjected to this culture all of them have smashed in noses oh wow as 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 just like i guess a, a generational thing that evolved from them. yeah yeah from being slapped in the face repeatedly whenever they yeah. think of anything yeah yeah and satire it's yeah, it's a satire. great place to go it's a great place to go terry pratchett is another one that does great mm-hmm. work with this no that's fascinating because mm-hmm. like i i think some self-analysis of your own culture is a very interesting place to start mm-hmm. and to realize some of the idiosyncrasies that pop up in there like i i recall a guest we had uh, matthew selznick i was reading his book and one of the things he said is he was like um talking about children he's talking about babies and he's and he remarks that they're going in they're going to kidnap an important 
a baby, basically. They're kidnapping a toddler. And they're going into this royal toddler's room. And they're like, oh, the toddler was in his own room. This is this seems to me to be a really cruel practice, but they but like yeah. to give your toddler its own room as opposed to having the toddler in bed with you. Yeah. And like and and he mentions that. And like I think about it, I have a toddler and I couldn't wait to get that kid out of my room. <laughs> like when he was it, was it wasn't until he was like, you know, um I, I think we waited until about like four months. But it was right, like right. one of those things where it was like I was so ready for my space. I never thought of it as being cruel. And it's an interesting thing, a way of it analyzing your own culture and highlighting, like you were saying, the contrast with the visitant's culture can be Mm -hmm. jarring and it can cause them to feel very acclimated to your place or actually the opposite almost. It makes them realize how different Mm -hmm. it is, right? But I'm sorry, you you had a really, you you had a thought. You took a sharp intake of breath and I cut you off. Oh, when you were talking about like not waiting till your toddler was out of your room. Yeah. uh, Even some cultures like where spouses live in separate beds, or not live, but sleep in separate beds. They can be in the same room. But even so to the part like there was, it was interesting. There was a YouTube video of this couple basically doing a lie detector test. Yeah. You know, for their content. And... And, you know, for entertainment, they would drop, like, big relationship questions. That oh, they thought, wow. They thought it would be softball. Like, yeah. it wasn't like, do you love me or anything? It was like, the big one was the the guy uh, told the girl, do you like living with me? Huh. You know? Yeah. Not yeah, that yeah, if, yeah. You, if you like me or not or whatever. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, all that was like There's softball. a difference. There's, There's like, a difference. There's yeah. a difference. Like, do you, do you like living with me? And there was a long pause. And then <laughs> the thing is, he's like looking at his computer at the, the squiggly lines, you know? And he's just waiting for like for the answer and then to go to the next question. But there's this long pause. And then he like, you see him look up from his computer like now trying to just read her face. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then she just like looked up and it's like, well, and he's like, you don't like living with me? Yeah, and, that's hilarious. You know, and one of the things is that she said, I kind of want my own room. Yeah, yeah. You know. Granted, well, uh, granted, they're not married. Yeah, yeah. You know, so the, I guess, and, you know, this is a little more acceptable, but you yeah. know, just kind of even, you know, there were a couple. But I, our culture is more individualistic. We like space. Yeah. Like and, a lot. Yeah, and just to the point where it's like, no, it's not a separate It's like, I want a whole separate room. Yeah, I want, I want some. Yeah. At the, at the same time, I'm like, you know what? Now that I think about it, I can... I can relate. I can relate. I can relate, you know? yeah. Because like, even like when I was in college, you know, there were bunk beds. Yeah. You know? But thank goodness those bunk beds could be d- disattached into two beds. Yeah. So when I was But you'll living, have less room for activities if you do that. It, no, that's that's the thing. We <laughs> Okay, I might sound horrible. We actually just uh there were two bedrooms, two bunk beds, four four guys in a room. Me and my one friend were the first ones there, so we just detached our bunk beds, put them in the bigger living room. Everybody yeah. had their own space. Yeah. You know. Some guests thought it was weird that people were living in the living, the living room, room but technically it worked. but yeah. everybody was happy there was no fighting yeah no 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 that works and i guess like a good question is as we've been working our way through this we came up with a common purpose or idea for our culture and we've talked a little bit about kind of diving into that and asking lots of questions about your culture and trying to get a sense of like the whys and wherefores. Now that you have your fairy cake with this, we've talked about like, you know, kind of the synergy with AI and the Viking kind of culture. And then talking about how the kind of Viking rating sort of mentality might impact this culture down to like their children and things like that. And then maybe how they relate to other people in their present state. So 
I suppose like my next question would be is we've kind of established this culture as a rating culture. How do you think other people though might view the AI thing? You know what I mean? Like mm. this, this is kind of a quirk to this culture. So we've got this idea of a Viking. We know what that looks like. We've now added this mutator of kind of like an AI intelligence that kind of jumps ship on board them yeah, sort yeah, of and yeah. is present. You know, I was actually thinking as a part of the raiding party, you know, yeah. they would have to have make sure they had a one up on whoever they were raiding. Yeah. You know, just so everybody made it home. Because like if you can think raiding for them is like, okay, we're all going out on the fishing boat. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is a common activity. Yeah. yeah. The AI could be their big one up. Yeah, 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 yeah. If this AI can coordinate, you know, the best modes of an ambush, an attack. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like a little co-processor. other people's, you know, stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, like knock out all their weapon or their defensive weaponry, you know, all, yeah. all their fences, all their power and, or something. And this could mean that, like, as a result between these two cultures acting together you may find that fishermen have a tendency to have no network to devices on their ships because they're yeah. like, we just don't want to get, we don't want to get caught off guard. They, they switch to mechanical or yeah. even like you said, what's their reaction to the Vikings? And I would, first thing, like they would have to fear them. Like, yeah. you know, you don't want people coming in and causing a ruckus and taking your stuff that yeah. you need to survive on Mars. So like it could even be a part of their culture whenever there's a power outage you immediately think you're being attacked. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so it's like they could have they could have a lot of a sense of fear from something like a power outage as simple as that. And like a good way to demonstrate this in your literature might be, you know, you have this advanced cultures on Mars, they're on there, they're terraforming, they've got spaceships, but for whatever reason, you find that when you go to the fishermen's towns, like everything is down a bunch of tech levels and you're yeah. kind of like why you know like mm -hmm. it's it's people and people tend to maybe be a little bit suspicious or mm -hmm. almost there might be social taboos in that town as a result of interacting with these kind of highly mm -hmm. technologically enabled vikings you may find that they regress technologically in those spaces which would be like kind of a fascinating thing. You might say you heard the unfamiliar sound of a motorboat. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, As you yeah. go by the babbling of a boat of a boat's motor and wondered yeah. why they hadn't moved to the more advanced blah blah blah, you know, hypertech, you know. Or, or even just the someone pumping the mechanical pump for water. Yeah. You know, and it breaks the silence of the night. You know? Yeah. And this could be a jarring experience for an otherwise sci-fi setting. Mm -hmm. And it could set up kind of the anxiety that you might experience on encountering like the most terrifying sight of all, which is a, a, a technologically capable Viking cybernetic warrior. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's a fascinating thing. And I, I, we've gone through a couple of things in here and we could always dive deeper. I think yeah, one of the yeah. best tools is to just ask more questions. Mm -hmm. Begin with what you want to do and then start running on implications. We started with this idea of Vikings discussing this notion of, of the synthesis between organic and synthetic life, the kind of theme that that draws out. Mm -hmm. But then from there, we got to motorized fishing boats. You know yeah. what I mean? As a way of expressing kind of part of this broader theme that you're going to discuss and a way of foreshadowing the arrival of the Vikings. So like this is a way that you can express culture and start of sort of move from your mono sense of here is the purpose, moving more toward your stereo with kind of having a bit more of a sense of them all the way to your Dolby digital surround sound, which is what are the implications beyond their own culture? Like how are other cultures responding to them? 
-hmm. And I think that that about wraps us up for this episode. This has been a good one, man. This has been a neat neat talk. Yeah, definitely culture is a nice way to make your world feel bigger through diversity. Yeah. You know, as they interact with each other, different cultures, that is. Yeah. This was fun. No, this was a good one. Thank you for joining us on the Worldcraft Club podcast. Be sure to come and find us on Facebook, Instagram, or on our Discord server linked below. If you love what you hear, please give us a five-star rating on the podcatcher of your choice. And finally, we want to say a thank you to our amazing patrons who support us on Patreon. If you want to chip in and help us produce more content, please head down and find us at patreon.com forward slash worldcraftclub to get extra episodes and content for as little as $2 a month. Again, this has been the Worldcraft Club, and we're so glad you gave us a listen. Until next time.